Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon and happy Wednesday to you. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and thank you so much for listening in today and also listening in on the podcast and love giving, getting your feedback because it really helps me to, to tailor make the shows in a way that is truly inspiring and motivating and helpful to you all. So we are really focusing this week on happiness because, you know, we all, we all want to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy. And, and we spent the first two days really talking about what happiness is and that it is very different than pleasure. And the pleasure seeking in an attempt to become happy leads to more unhappiness. And we are probably going to talk more about some of that tomorrow. But I want to remind you about the amazing benefits to your body when you smile. And we talked all about that the, you, you have dopamine, endorphins, they are released, neuropeptides, which fight um, all kinds of stress, and that this happens immediately as soon as you smile, and that smiles are contagious. So before we start into 15 things you should give up in order to be happy, I want to remind you to always add smiling and smiling at people, looking them in the eye and smiling at them, because this really helps the world to be a safer, friendlier, less stressed world. Because we can, we can smile, even when things are rough. And, and I ended yesterday, and also on Monday, I think, just reminding all of you that if you are in a period in your life where there is great unhappiness, distress, pain, sadness, disappointment. I don't want you to try to smile unnaturally because that, be kind of, that would be kind of strange if you're smiling about things that are, that are sad and tragic. But I want you to remind yourself that you have a God that smiles on you. And you can smile back on God knowing that for eternity you will be happy. And if this is the worst it ever gets, then we have eternity. This is a small part of our eternal existence. So think about that as we start talking about these things that we really need to give up in order to be happy. And this was done by a writer. Her name is Luminana de Saviuk. And I really love doing the show because I love all the research that I get to do for you all and all the, the information I get to collect. And there are so many good writers out there. I mean, of course, there's some bad information as well, but there's just some excellent information that people are putting out. And so there, she, she listed about 15 things. We may or may not get to all of them today. But I think the one that was started, that the, the, the writer started with, is give up your need to always be right. 
see, there are so many of us who can't stand the idea of being wrong, wanting to always be right. And we risk ending some great relationships or, or damaging them on top of people beginning to create a notion or an idea or an opinion about us that we might then somehow have to undo. It's just not worth it. See, when you feel this urgent need to jump into fighting, you know, and fighting who's right and who's wrong, ask yourself the question, would I rather be right? You've heard this famous saying, would I rather be right or be in relationship? Or would I rather be right or be kind? And Wayne Dyer, very famous, um, he says, you know, what difference will it make? Is your ego, what is it about your ego? And see, a lot of times the need to be right is, number one, the lack of humility. That we can't just be humble and let someone be right. That it has to do with protecting our own ego. The more fragile our ego is, the more we have to protect it. The less grace and mercy kindness, forbearance, and humility we have. So there are many times that you simply can be right and just know that you're right and does it really make any difference if the other person agrees. Now there are some things that we need agreement on in order to have intimacy. But the more that we understand the brain and we understand how it works and you know we've talked about the hardwiring of the brain and we have the, the thalamus that is this small little acorn part of your brain and it is kind of the collector of all information and it decimates, not decimates, disseminates information throughout your brain. And it does not make the distinction between whether it's real or it's simply how you're perceiving something. And so this is what fires up the amygdala, right? This is where we get into the fight, flight, or freeze. If we perceive danger and sometimes being wrong and finding out in front of somebody that you're wrong can feel dangerous to your ego. And so this is where we want to say to ourselves, I have a mind that can override everything my brain is directing me to do. There are also times where two people can perceive the very same event quite differently. And so instead of fighting about whether I'm right and you're wrong, why don't we work more toward understanding what you experienced, how you perceived that situation? Tell me more. Tell me how you got that out of that event. Tell me more about what was going on in your mind that, that caused you to think that I might have said such and such or done such and such or intended something. I'm very interested. I'm interested in what happened. Because this is how we come together. This is how we reason together. This is one of those beautiful verses in the Bible that says, come let us reason together so that we can actually land on the same page with a greater understanding of who each other is instead of forcing the point that my perception, my experience is right and yours is wrong. Because this polarizes relationships. And it will greatly steal from happiness because your relationships will become more stressed. Everybody becomes more tentative. They walk around like they're walking on eggshells. They're very careful about what they say. We then have less intimacy. So number one, if this is the only one you remember, give up the need to always be right. Just seek understanding. <laughs>
God is always right, isn't he? He, he is the creator of all truth. He is always right. But he says to us, hey, come let us reason together. And we get to talk to him about our opinion about him, our thoughts about him, and sometimes it might be negative. We get to complain to him. We get to tell him all the things that we think are right and true. And he is very willing to listen and talk through it with us so that we get a greater understanding. So this kind of leads to one of the underliers that, that create this need to be right, and that is giving up your need for control. Be willing to give up your need to always control everything. Everything that happens to you and happens around you, situations, events, people, whether they're your loved ones, co-workers, simply the I mean, driver next to you. I mean, have you been driving next to somebody that's trying to teach you how to drive, right? Sometimes it's just nice if you just let them be. Allow them to be. Allow everyone and everything to be just as they are, and you will see how much better you feel. Now, I am not talking about illegal, immoral, unethical, dangerous situations. I'm talking about the uniqueness of all humans and how uniquely we perceive and experience the world around us. This is why when we uh, interview eyewitnesses, they see completely different things. And it's very difficult to get an accurate witness. So think about what am I actually needing to control? And here's what I would recommend. And this works very well for me if I'm willing to commit to it. If I simply control what I think, and I work on controlling my own emotions, I control my own judgments, I control my own behaviors, I have far less need to control the external world. I've got enough inside of me that will take all my time if I really do it well. And then I'm far more accepting. And I'm okay if, if you think I'm wrong. I can say, okay, I, I can accept that. Maybe we have a difference of an opinion, but it matters more to me for you and I to find a way to be on the same page than to argue our way onto the same page. Because anytime we argue our way onto trying to be on the same page, somebody loses. Someone always loses. So this is another one that kind of goes hand in hand with the, the first two. Give up on blame. Give up on blaming. You need to blame others for what you have or don't have or for what you, what you feel or don't feel. It, it gives all your power away. And you don't then take responsibility for your own life. That does not mean, obviously, that there are people to blame. Absolutely. You know, if I'm driving down the road and you don't stop at the stoplight and hit me, well, I guess you're to blame for wrecking my car. But do I need to drive home the point? Do I need to now blame them for every problem I had during the rest of the day? Do I need to blame them for every single thing that comes? These are things we have to say to ourselves. How far do I want to go with blaming? And I would recommend you don't ever blame. A better way is who's responsible. Let's just talk about who's responsible. 
Because when we talk about who's responsible, we become far more relational. Because now I'm more interested in the person instead of what they actually did and understanding how it happened. Because maybe the person that hit my car had a spider crawling across their steering wheel, right? How scary is that? And so when I better understand the circumstances, that means a lot less stress for everybody. It doesn't change the fact that my car still needs to be fixed. But I'll tell you what, in most cases, the more understanding I would be with anyone that has done something to me, they are far more willing to rectify and take responsibility for it. If they feel I'm blaming, the natural response is defense. As soon as we've got a defended person, there's no relationship. There's no way of reasoning together. And so this also goes towards yourself. You're going to steal happiness from yourself if you're constantly blaming yourself for everything. Maybe you've been around someone that does that. They're always saying they're sorry. And you're like, why did you say you're sorry? You didn't do anything. Always blaming themselves. Oh, I don't have friends because I'm, I'm stupid. I'm ugly. I don't have enough money. I'm not educated enough. Nobody loves me. It's my fault. And then maybe they turn around and they blame the childhood. Or they blame the country. And this is why we want to think about the fact that as natural as it feels for humans to blame, it is really part of our fallenness. Who do you think is the biggest blamer of all times? The accuser. Right? Satan, he blames God, he blames everybody for everything. He takes responsibility for nothing unless it's absolute all-out destruction. And then he can be proud of it, but then he blames God for the fact that he did it. He's constantly accusing us to God. So the fallenness, it's a natural tendency, like I've said before, it's like gravity to blame. So we want to resist blaming and simply look at responsibility. And what we can fix. What, what, what can we rectify? Where, we, where can we go from here? And if there is no fix, let's say you had an incompetent doctor and your loved one maybe lost their life or is never going to be the same again. We hold that doctor responsible, absolutely. But how long are you going to blame them? How much of your life are you going to blame them for that? Or are you going to forgive that doctor and say to God, you can cause all things to work together for good, and there's got to be something in here that you're going to help us find. And it doesn't mean that the thing that happened is good. It means that God is always creating new things. He can create new ways. And we want to be free from the mistakes that others have made on us, around us, to people that we love. So this is a tough one, but boy, I'm telling you, it will cause so much unhappiness in your life if you continue with the blame game. So that leads to, like I talked to you about blaming yourself for everything, give up the self-defeating self-talk. Stop doing the enemy's job for him. 
how many people are hurting themselves because of their own negative, polluted, and repetitive, self-defeating mindsets? And I've told you before, don't believe everything you think. Challenge your thoughts. Challenge your feelings. See if they stand up to God's word. Are they actually true? Because I'm telling you, God doesn't ever talk to you that way. So you want to talk to you the way God would talk to you. Because what that does is it helps you talk to others in the way God talks to you. And then how you talk to yourself. And you bring out a better version of all the people around you. I remember, I, uh, this was years and years ago, I was at a church. And um, it was after church, and everybody was kind of standing in groups talking. And, and I remember I was within earshot of a young man that I had known and had had several conversations with. And he seemed like, you know, he was nice, he was polite, he was uh, respectful to me. And I overheard him talking to this group of people about a person in such a nasty way a brutal way. I was shocked. I thought, I've never seen that side of him. I did, that is not the person that I know. And it was one of the biggest lessons for me to realize that who I am helps people rise to a higher level of functioning if they're willing to do it. Now, that doesn't mean they stay there, but they at least stay there around me. So it's really helpful if you recognize how you do you, how you talk to you, will bring that out in others as well. So if you're the complainer, then you might find people that more easily complain around you, that that's the only way you all have intimacy is complaining or gossiping. So it's up to us to bring our best version to the interaction in hopes that they will rise to the occasion and then maybe enjoy acting on that level and take that to the rest of their relationships. So one of the other things that will really steal happiness from you, I want you to give up on limiting your beliefs. Stop limiting you about what is possible or impossible. From now on, no longer allow your limiting beliefs to keep you stuck in the wrong place. This is really, really important. You have no idea the things God has planned for you. And we limit God because of our own beliefs about ourselves, our own negative self-talk and self-defeating talk. So I'm not saying for us to be unrealistic like I talked to you about years ago, I was working in an eating disorder um, outpatient clinic where the um, eating disordered patients had lived inpatient and they were now living in, in homes trying to reacclimate to get back out into their own daily life. And I had a woman in there that was convinced that she could do anything she put her mind to. I said, okay like and she went off on all these these things like she was going to be um, an Olympian she was going to uh, 
maybe I can't remember some of the other things that she was uh, she was going to be a Renaissance painter and now many of us we may I had to measure whether or not it was delusions but what it was was this crazy way of thinking that caused her not to be in reality and so I said to her okay so I'm in my 40s I'm five seven I'm pretty slight build so if I put my mind to it, do you think I could be the quarterback for the Nebraska Cornhuskers? She goes, oh, yes, absolutely. So I'm telling you this to say limiting beliefs are, are things that, that are about your own negativity, your own lack of self-worth, your, your devaluing of yourself. I'm not telling you to be outside of reality that I, I know very well what my limits are. But I don't want to really limit myself unnecessarily. That will steal my happiness, and it will steal all of my energy to go out and take on the world and, and take every advantage I can to be the best that I can in this world. I have one, one shot at it, and I want to encourage you to go for it. And if you go for it and it fails... You need to be really proud of yourself that you tried. Not everything works, but you can still have fun in trying. So don't do that to yourself. Don't just give up on the limiting beliefs. So give up on complaining. This is a big one. Give up on your constant need to complain about those many, 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 many things. People, situations, Events that make you unhappy, sad, depressed, your appearance, your financial state, your girlfriend, boyfriend, children, pets, coworkers, whatever it is. Because it's not the situation that triggers those feelings in you. It's how you choose to look at it. So I'm not saying you stuff those feelings. And, and this is what I do sometimes. Sometimes I come home from work and I'll say to my husband, okay, he'll say, how was your day? And I'll say, it was a rough one. It was rough. There was lots of things that happened. And I said, give me two minutes. I just need to complain for two minutes. And I complain for two minutes, and then I move on. And he commiserates with me, and he says, oh, man, that's really tough. And he's really positive, and he's helpful, and he's supportive. And then I move on. Because if you've heard any of the shows I've done on communication, one of the least intimate ways of communicating is what we call level three, which is gossiping and complaining. And there are so many people that feel this false sense of intimacy because they gossip together, which is talking about other people, never themselves, and they complain. So be very careful about complaining. And do not confuse complaining with lamenting with sometimes needing to talk about really tough things and hard things and getting your feelings hurt and stressful feelings. But it's the I statements. I'm struggling. I'm sad. I got my feelings hurt. I got disappointed. That's different than complaining. That's being able to talk about negative things in a healthy way. So we're going to really start tomorrow on this next one, which is give up the luxury of criticism <laughs> i'm so glad you joined me today and i'm hoping that this has been helpful for you remember how smiling affects your brain 
Remember to share that with the world. And make sure that you practice giving up on some of these things, the blaming, the defeating talk, the need for control, always having to be right. Right? All right, have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless you. Thanks, Jeremy. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.